0: Hello, friends. Michael Graywolf here. Just wanted to give you a little introduction about today's episode. We are pleased to welcome back author Chris Allen to the show as we talk about his new book, Otherworld, which will be out digitally when this episode is now hitting the air, uh, but will have not come out physically in uh, you know book form yet. We have a lot of fun with Chris in this episode, and we tried a new recording style this time. We used zoom to record and you know, it has its pluses and its negatives overall it was a very good experience recording with zoom i will say that we have also decided to release the video of the recording the recording is definitely going to be a little bit longer our original session was a little over two hours and i was able to get the audio edited down to a, you know, a modest hour 15 minutes ish so i hope you enjoy and if you're interested i will be uploading the video a little bit later this week i want to see if i can do a couple things to it instead of just putting it straight on to the internet but we'll see how i'm able to tinker with it again we hope you enjoy and on to the show Hello and welcome to Walking the Ending Path. We are a podcast dedicated to expanding on the teachings and techniques given to us by the ancestors of men who love men and laid out by our dear late brother and founder Hyperion. We also discuss topics and ideas pertaining to the greater queer pagan community um, as well as you know, for pagan men. I am one of your co-hosts, Michael Greywolf, and joining me tonight are my fabulous co-conspirators and co-hosts, Chris Ripple and Chase Powers. If you haven't already, uh, please hit subscribe to stay up to date on your preferred platform so you know whenever we are going to put out a new episode. And so it has been a hot minute since all of us were together. You know, I've put out a few episodes here and there from past recordings, but really, we haven't sat down since beginning of COVID. It has been a minute. So how are you, Chase and Chris? It has been, gosh, well, I, I mean, I, I, I talked to Chase once a month because we're both on the board of directors, but yeah, no, how how are you two?
1: Gosh, was there a pre-COVID? I don't even remember what it was like back then. It's incredible. <laughs> uh. Yeah, communal sigh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've been I've been okay. Uh, well, I've been okay-ish, and I think the thing to celebrate is that uh, I've been accessing being better at the okay. You know, so I think like one of the takeaways from this uh, crisis that we're currently facing as a as a as a globe is that, um, I don't know, it kind of forced that pause on me to really think about, like, my capacity and what I'm doing and how I'm contributing and um, how I'm maintaining, I don't know, my own care, you know? Uh, so I think like, I I, think I was just starting to talk about my own mental health before, before this um, business started, but... Yeah, I guess that's been part of the journey, you know, I'm actually looking for a therapist right now, uh, which I've been, you know, stalling, <laughs> stalling on. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, it all feels like one very long day, but um, right. Yeah, I look a little too long. But uh, yeah, generally speaking, I'm, I'm okay. I'm okay.
0: What about you, Chase?
2: you know, I'm doing pretty great. Uh, I work from home exclusively now. Um, I don't have to deal with face-to-face interactions with customers anymore, which is amazing. Um, everything is through email and phone, which is wonderful and lovely. Um, I have taken a lot of this free time to do a lot of reading and also to get involved in a number of hobbies that I Have had interests in but didn't really have time because, you know, working an eight-hour job and commuting back and forth an hour and a half every day on a bus don't really have a lot of extra free time. Um, And now suddenly I have this extra like four to six hours a day that I'm just don't have anything to do. Um, So I've been reading a lot of, um, I've been reading a lot of Renaissance astrology books, um, a lot of books on talismanic magic and I've also been exploring um, 18th, 16th, 17th, and 18th century um, historical costume or historical dress. Um, mm. I just I just finished hand sewing my first shirt. Nice. Yes. Oh. I was going to I was going to go take pictures this past weekend, but it was so gloomy that like the the nice amazing park that I live like three blocks away from there was no light so there were there were no pictures but there will be pictures soon nice. it's a it's a nice poofy pirate shirt i'm getting stuff done uh i also recently resumed my studies in anderson ferry with storm fairy wolf
0: Ooh.
2: um uh, so after sweet. a after a long hiatus um
0: yeah yeah
2: yeah, yeah. well I had to take a, I had to take a break because, you know, I had to get my mental health together. Now that that's all working out splendidly. um, Thank you, modern pharmaceuticals. I'm like, okay, it's time. We can do this thing again now. Um, So yeah, living in a much too tiny townhouse with um, my two boyfriends and my unnamed path brother, Ken, um, which has been delightful. Even though we're all kind of packed in here like sardines at the moment, um, it's so quiet, girl. It's so quiet. No more loud, no more loud, drunk assholes. Like no more shady shit for, or no more people digging through my witchcraft stuff, taking pictures and sending sending pictures to our house chat. Going, what is this jar?
0: Oh my god. <laughs> Put it down.
2: <laughs> maybe don't open. Maybe don't open that, and maybe don't touch things that don't belong to you. But or open it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know the spirits that work that you work with. Oh, hell no.
2: Hee <laughs> hee. I mean, you know, if it looks like it has a quarter of a bottle of cayenne pepper, random bits of snake skin, and a couple of lemons, maybe don't open it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, let's not do that.
2: Teehee. <laughs> Gosh, good advice. <laughs> yeah. How about you, Michael?
0: I want to say that I have been doing good, and for the most part, yes. But I have been so stressed with just work and COVID and everything. Uh, it has it has been it has been a struggle, and you know maybe next year I will. Do maybe see about something about you know maybe finding a therapist. I don't know. I don't know if I'll be at the same job next year because I am almost at my wits end with this job. I've been at my wits end with them for a while, but it's just been like, am I really going to be able to find something right now? So, but yeah, <sighs> do it. Oh, I, I plan to. Well, I'm, you know, I'm also been the idea of moving to another state has been like floating around in my head for months and it you know kind of back when we had uh our little conversation with oh my god my brain's gone blank um on mental health when we did the mental health awareness episode uh, mm-hmm. and they were talking about how you know, maybe don't jump the ship just yet you know everything's all the emotions you know the pandemic and everything you're feeling a lot of conflicting stuff right now so Take some time and you know process it. I'm still feeling it. I'm like maybe I should you know move back to Illinois, but then I remind myself that there's nothing where I would probably move to other than my boyfriend and other partners. So I'm like I'd go nuts. Nothing but corn and soy for miles.
1: There's plenty think? room for you in New York, Michael. I keep saying it. <laughs> Uh, we build no. up here, so there's plenty of room.
0: <laughs> yeah, you build up, but you're still a hot zone, <laughs> right?
1: <now. laughs> I think
2: we're like I think we're like 47th in the nation for COVID cases right now. So,
0: yeah, Texas is not doing well with the COVID cases. Uh, no, oh, sh- oh shut it <laughs> with,
2: with, with, the, with the Republican with the Republican government. There you mean they're not nipping that in the bud?
0: Oh, I'm shocked. Anyways.
2: Is this my shocked face I can't tell.
0: I, I don't know, do you have a shocked face? I didn't think you did. Oh, there it is.
2: <laughs> Grace, Anyways. do you pra- Grace, do you practice that expression in the beer? <gasps>
0: Thought so. <clears throat> All right. Um. I am so glad that we got ch- that we're got this chance to catch up, and hopefully we'll be doing this more often now. Uh, but yes, <sighs> all right. Let's let's get let's get on to our topic for the day. <laughs>
1: yeah, who's the other guy in the room?
0: Yes. <laughs> it's so we want to welcome back uh, Chris Allen to the show. Chris has been on the show a couple of times with us. He's talked about his books, uh, Underworld shamanism ma- myth and magic and upper world shamanism magic and celestial realms now he's joining us today to talk about his new book otherworld uh which is coming out tomorrow right
3: chris it is it is actually coming out so, so it's strange because the hard copy comes out in december the first but the okay. kindle comes comes out on saturday oh okay. yeah i'm excited Nice. So yes, uh, so
0: yes, the, he's coming on the show today to talk about Otherworld. Um, so welcome, welcome back to the show, Chris. <laughs> how how, you. how have, have, have you been doing? How have you been handling this pandemic? You know, it has been a while since we've had you on.
3: So it's so funny. I've had this conversation like three times. So I'm not sure if you're even Canberra. By day, I'm a massage therapist and things and my hotel my uh, spa's been closed so you know i'm very type a so i don't know how to sit and just do nothing so i wrote another book i wrote about five or six articles and i went back to grad school because i was bored (laughs) so that's what i did (laughs) i had all the time so i was like i'm gonna be busy and so i was busy and so um I will have a fifth, fifth book coming out a year from now. Yeah, I already got the author copy and the proofs, so it's looking good. So nice. That's what I did. I did that um, during COVID, and I went back to school. Um, what else did I do? And I'm sure if you've kept up with my Facebook, I was like, I'm gonna promote the crap out of. Other- So, people, if you don't know Nikoda exists, you know now. (laughs) So, yeah. Nice, nice. Uh,
0: So, you know, tell us a little bit about Otherworld, Chris. You know, what was your inspiration behind this book?
3: So, one of the things is when I originally wrote Underworld, I was like, yep, I'm going to. Write that and I'll be done. I'll be done. And then the book was so long, I think I told you before, it so long that the publisher at the time split it in two. So I had had Underworld and then deeper into the Underworld. Um, and then I thought, oh, well, that was fun. So I'll do Upper World. And by the time Upper World was all done, I was like, oh, you got to have the three shamanic worlds, but I decided to take it in a slightly different direction this time to where it was more of witchcraft and more heathen and Celtic um, witchcraft. So if you read anything about the witch uh, trials and things like that, and the testimonials, The common things that they talk about are having a fairy familiar, they talk about having an animal familiar, they talk about astral traveling, and they talk about sorcery, and they talk about dragons. So I thought, hmm, let me design uh, this uh, last uh, book in the... um, series um let me design it in such a way that it's witchcraft like like blood and bones and put your um, and put your bare feet in the dirt and really get, get in it and and how i based it on it's so i'm an in, in, in initiate of traditional witchcraft and this is how i was trained it was like oh he, you want to work with dragons okay, so you're going to spin yourself into a trance, fall on the ground and scream a dragon's name and call him up and and do witchcraft. And that's how I kind of wrote it in that to where it's very, there aren't a whole lot of tools at all. It's mostly about um, uh, going to the forest, um, going to a trance and just have at it and just, and just like how at the moon and things like that and scream, you know. So that was my inspiration, screaming at the moon. <laughs> Sounds like a good time. <laughs> well, um, you know, when I first started um, witchcraft a long time ago, I remember when, when we learned about the etheme and the wand and the chalice, um and I remember my teacher at the time saying, so these tools... Are magical tools, but they are n- not the end of it. A good magician, a good witch, should be able to go into the forest, or a hilltop, or a graveyard, and do, and conjure the energies with, for uh, just themselves. And that's what the the book is about—just doing it. And it isn't hard. It's just, um, I think I do a good job about doing like, okay. Here's how you do this trance technique. Here's how you move around. Here's how you call the energy, you know, and, and you know stuff like that. But, but of course, I've I had to put some controversial bits in it because it wouldn't be a Chris Allen book unless someone goes, Chris, don't print that. Okay, well, don't say that because now I have to write about it, you know, because am I any? You know what's so funny? Um. A couple people are like, oh, are you sure you want to talk about that? Isn't that a secret? And I'm like, if you if you uh, uh, Google it, it's all out there. Like, <laughs> at this point, there aren't a whole lot of secrets. You know, because I'm the, um, the guy who does this. Is that a secret? Google, Google. Oh, there it is. <laughs> the trick is, is that to uh, present something that's authentic, uh, uh, present something that I have experience with and do a good job of, of teaching in the presentation. That's the trick uh, because I have seen things and I'm just like, oh, this doesn't make sense, it doesn't speak to me, so I want something that speaks to me. And so, voila, a new book. <laughs>
2: I think it's pretty telling when somebody writes something that actually does speak to them versus writing something that someone tells them they should write about too. Cause I've, I've seen, and I've read enough other witchcraft books that somebody's like, clearly I wrote this book because my publisher said I should write this book as opposed to, Ooh, this is something I find interesting and want to write about.
3: Um, I have to be inspired. I have to just, like I said, I enjoyed it to get uh, to get down and dirty with it. So, um, but on the other hand, I like everything. I'm a Gemini, so I love, um, my brain is like a squirrel. I'm all over the place. So I do like everything, you know? I think it's one of those things to where I can't write about something I hate. Like you'll ever see me write anything about algebra. I'm not gonna be like, can we teach you the scientific formula? I'm like, no, I'll teach you how to uh, go to the graveyard, take some bones, prick your finger, and call the spirits. That, that's what I want to teach about. <laughs> I like, mean, uh, I <laughs> so mean, <laughs> no. <laughs>
2: you know what? Any what anybody who's viewing the video can't see behind my amazing Star Wars background is the like goat skull chilling on the on the shelf behind me. So no, <laughs> yeah. it's not particularly Shocking. Well, I, I guess it's going to be con. I guess it's going to be controversial to people who are, um, you know, white light feel good kind of uh, practitioners. But you know what's
3: so strange? I I thought I was uh, gonna, gonna get a lot of pushback, especially with the underworld things. I haven't. If anything, I've so I've gotten a whole lot of uh, people like, oh, I'm a, I'm a healer. I do New Age healing. Teach me how to raise the dead. I'm like, oh, okay. So I think what's happening is a, is people are like, it's okay to be dark and scary. I have permission. Okay, I think it's waking up things in people. You know, I think people i think uh, there's an evolution of our witchcraft of our magic because you didn't find these things like back in the 80s or the 90s even the,
2: yeah or even the early 90s unless you went to some very very niche bookshops
3: chris can
1: you um you know in the book you, you draw from like uh, many different uh like traditions mm-hmm. can you like uh, just give us like maybe like for folks that are not familiar with your with your um cv on, on my witchcraft. background who i am yeah yeah can you just share like uh you mentioned that you're an initiate of a witchcraft tradition mm-hmm. and uh you referenced like lakota and apache mm-hmm. uh so yeah i'd be am curious to know like what, so, what is your connection to all these yeah
3: yeah so i have actually been studying like your normal n- n- nikeo pagan witchcraft since like 1992, I was like 16 years old and I remember I found Raymond Buckland's complete book of witchcraft and I was like It's the complete book. I know everything, you know (laughs) When I was 16 and then of course it went from there and then um, In about 1999 And I taught myself the tarot and all that things that we all do in 1999 I started to um, study the ceremonial uh, Magic, and Kabbalah. And um, in 2000, I met a teacher of Matthew Ellen Wood and he was just like, he, he was just like, so, do you want to be a magician and a spiritual leader? I'm like, yes. And got fully understanding what I was getting myself into. And so he taught me this hardcore curriculum and I be, became an ordained minister with the Post of the Phoenix. I was like, and I was like 26, trying to sex or something like that. So I was too young to even know what the hell happened. You know, I was like, so I have responsibility. Oh, teach me how, what that means. Um, and I'm also part Cherokee. And so I really had this search and my... So my parents had a divorce when I was like one year old, and I I never really knew the Cherokee on my mother's side. So I had this like search, this need to find about the Native American heritage. And uh, being a massage therapist, I had to take some like Reiki classes and things like that. And it just so happened that the teacher at the time, Billy Topatate is an Apache, a teacher and spiritual leader but she also uh worked very closely with the Lakota group so so I asked her if she would be my teacher and she said yes and so I've learned all the songs and so she introduced me to a Lakota community and the thing is I'm learning all these things the exact same time and so let me uh, backtrack in 2000 or 2002 Um, My teacher, Matthew, was a uh, magistrate of a traditional witchcraft circle. And so I was initiated into that. Oh, and and, can I forgot. And then in 2004, some friends were like, hey, do you want to join the OTO? And I'm like, sure. And so we joined the OTO and I learned all that. But you have to remember, Kimber, I'm one of those people who I. Don't read fiction and not because I have a judgment, because I read every magical book, magazine, article I get my hands on, and I'm just kind of obsessed. I think I need to slow down or something, but I'm always reading something or doing something. And so I do remember my, my teacher was just like, okay, Chris. Um, enough with the initiations, (laughs) you have your witchcraft, you have your Native American, you have your OTO, you have your trad, you're good, I'm like, okay. And then every so often I'll have, I've had people from like Voodoo or Ifa and saying, hey, do you want to, I am flattered, but I have, my plate is full. So if you notice in my books, I don't talk about those things, um, only because um, I've been asked, to talk about those things but what are the things i'm a firm believer in if you don't know the tradition don't teach it and so, so i don't teach it and can i know about it i'm going enough to conjure a spirit and get myself in trouble but i don't know enough about it to teach it so i don't really talk about it i may i'm a mansion like in a voodoo ceremony, fake you, sacred dance. I may say that, but that's it. I won't ever teach you how to do it. I won't teach you anything else. But So that's me in a nutshell. Um, and one of the things I think I even f- forget all the time because in my head, I'm 23 years old, but I'm actually 45. And I've been uh, doing this since I was 16. So I've been doing this, oh my God, almost like 30 years. So I lied. I'm a beginner. I'm 23. (laughs) Never mind all that. (laughs) I want to be 23 again. (laughs) Actually, I don't. I want to be like 35. I think 35 is a good age. (laughs) I hated my 20s. I don't know about you guys.
1: So it wasn't a linear path then. Got it. I can't,
3: okay. <laughs> You're like, I, I can't. I asked a Gemini a question, and I had 28 <laughs> answers. It's your own fault. You're, I told you I'm a Gemini. <laughs> All
1: I'm over. just writing notes fiercely as we speak. You know,
2: lots of bold <laughs> questions. <laughs> oh, sweetie. That's what happens when Virgos ask Gemini's questions. Ask things. <laughs> there you go. It's this, and also this, and also this, and sometimes this over here, but not always, and maybe this too. And then I had a dream. I asked them. what you. <laughs> I, I asked what you wanted for dinner. <laughs> yes, but yes, but have you considered this thing back here as well? No, no, I, no. Why? Too much information. No, run away.
3: I know, I know, I know. Um yeah i'm like
0: i don't i don't know yeah so um chris would you say there was was any part of this book more difficult to write or easier to write for you
3: um it was all the same, except I do I do remember a couple of the chapters. I was just like so excited about like the part on the dragon yeah, magic. I really want was so excited about that. The uh, fairies and elves. I was uh, excited about that, and part of the reason is a lot of the how to books, especially on the fairies and elves, they're like um, take out a take out some honey and some bread and say a chant. And that's it and you're done and i'm like no <laughs> how do i do this and the so the reason i wrote the book is very much how to how to do a trance how to do the offering how to blah 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 is because when i was like 16 17 years old and i pick up a how to speak with the fairies i I wasn't smart enough to figure it out on my own. So I was just like, hmm, if I had difficulty at the time, I'm guessing other people have the same same issues. So, so I wanted to make it extremely practical and more visual, like, like a guide. I do some guided meditations, but a lot of the things I say is just, for ground to nature, open up your heart chakra and observe and just spend some time establishing a relationship that i think is the missing puzzle piece of you have to have a relationship you have to have a relationship with the spirit you have to do the offerings because i remember reading a book that said leave an offering Why, what does that mean? What does it do? Why is it important? Because it established a spiritual energetic connection with the spirit because it's like the infinity. It goes to them, it comes back to you. It goes to them, it comes back to you and so forth. And um, so I was excited to talk about that. I was excited because this is how they teach it in traditional witchcraft. They say, go to the forest, go into a trance, open your heart chakra, um, and just see how, and see what happens. And, and so I was excited to share that. So, um, But to be honest, I'm a geek, if you can't already tell, I was really excited. I have this whole section about geology, about how the earth was formed and how it changed and how it mutated and the acid rain and dinosaurs. I just thought that was the coolest thing in the world because I'm a dork. And so I have about, I don't know, about 10, 15 pages about that. But I think it's interesting, so it's in the book. (laughs) It is about the earth and stuff, so... (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I remember reading that and I was like, wow, I am i feel like I'm reading a textbook.
3: I know, I know, because it's only that's a part because if we're talking about the spirits of the earth. And so I was just like, well, you need to know how the earth happened and how it changed and what that means. And so, but it's only like half a chapter, so you'll be fine. I promise. <laughs> people are like, no, not a textbook. Just that one section. Foundations, foundationals, Put you that way.
2: Well, I mean, and it's you know, it's 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 inter- it's an interesting jumping-off point for people. Um, mm. One of the things that I've talked about with students of my own is like learning the spirits of the place that they're in, rather than necessarily, you know, rather than necessarily trying to contact you know if you live in the pacific northwest for example trying to contact spirits that are indigenous to england not you know they're going to it's going to be a little different it's it's a different you know it's it's a it's a different area code that you're trying to call um and i, I know you know i know several people who are practitioners of voodoo for example who the The spirits that they work with are hot spirits and they don't like to answer up here when it is wintertime. They'll show up and usually their communication is, what do you want? It's cold. <laughs> it's, I don't like it here. It's cold. What do you want? Here's your thing. Bye now. I'm going back where it's warmer. Um, you know, so knowing kind of this, knowing the lay of the land that you're in, you know, if you live in an area where nature is very, quiet or dead during parts of the year the spirits of the land are not going to want to talk to you during that time they're they're being quiet they're sleeping they're resting you know things like that and even you know and this is something that i have seen crop up in you know more recently published books for example is the ideas of um not necessarily something we do in the ending path but uh the classical um the classical greek elements you know north uh earth air fire water
1: right Mm -hmm.
2: being being assigned to specific compass points if you live on the west coast of the united states generally you don't have water you have water on your west side right like because that's where the ocean is but if you live on the east coast you don't have water in the west that's not where it's at you know if you live if you live in the southern hemisphere, it doesn't get hotter the further south you go; it gets colder. So make adjustments based on where you live. Um, but the, the discussion that you brought up around specifically the different um, uh, different eras of evolution in the mm-hmm. Earth itself, um, I know one of my uh, one of my partners is a bit of a bit of a geek himself. Uh, when it comes to the geology of the Pacific Northwest.
3: Mm. He, can
2: ra- he can rattle off some very deep facts about um, how the specific landscape that we live in was forged by things like a giant ice dam that was bigger than the Great Lakes melting and washing huge chunks of land out. So that's why we have a lot of bedrock exposed on mountains.
1: Or why we, you know,
2: why we have, why we have places here that have, you will find a boulder that's the size of two or three houses on a mountain that isn't like any other rock anywhere else because that giant wave of water and snow and ice pushed it and left it on what was the bottom of that seabed. You know, the bottom well, of that the lake interesting
3: bed. thing about that is, is that that boulder has a spirit, right? Mm-hmm. And it has a history. It has a it has a story, and um, you know that's what I believe that the Greek Titans are. Um, the Titans, you know, the ones that were banished down the Hades, were like, volcano explosions, hurricanes, uh, tsunamis. Things that civilization can't handle, but at the formation of the Earth, that was normal. So Zeus came along and said, "No, you gotta have to go now." But it's so interesting to hear the story. So that's why I added it because I like the idea of the Earth. She has a story. I want to hear her story about her life, her her birth. Because, as they say, if the entire um, life at the the Earth was 24 hours. Human b- b- beings are the last second of the last hour. That's how old the Earth is compared to humans. And so she has this r- r- rich story that I'm, I wanted to tell just a little bit a bit of um, about you know because I think it's cool. <laughs> oh yeah so for sure
2: but i mean like i said it's it's especially important in a book that's talking about like learning the parts of the land <laughs> to like right. actually have an idea about the place that you live right you know i know that we've seen that get discussed in um other forums about like a lot of us live on stolen native land and you know maybe learn about the tribes that lived in the places where you live now because mm-hmm. Their spirits are still here.
3: That's right. That's exactly Um, right.
2: You know, I've seen, you know, I've also seen other, you know, I've also seen other, um, it's interesting when you talk about some of the other spirits in in your book about um, the various land spirits. Mm -hmm. Um, The... I think it might have been Jason Miller that was talking about one of the reasons why we make offerings to spirits around us is because sometimes we will offend a land spirit and have absolutely no idea that we did so just because we walked through. Like this spirit may have staked out a claim on this particular tree and you walked too close. You walked right through their living room and now they're upset. So you make offerings so that they're like, oh, oh, you didn't mean to. Okay. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Do better next time, but like, I'll stop. You know, I'll stop making stuff fly off your shelves now.
1: Honestly, Chris, I don't think you should apologize at all, and you weren't. Uh, you you weren't apologizing, but I definitely want to just like emphasize that there shouldn't be any apologies for the way you start the book because I don't know. It's kind of a pet peeve of mine. Like sometimes there's so many. Um, since we're so pro science these days, right? There's so much. Unless you get a little bit of like science light or like oh yes yeah, science sprinkle science and then like you know and then there's that disconnect between mm-hmm. uh so I love that you I love that you start from this geeky science point of view because I feel like it really uh creates a backdrop of like what we're talking about you know and then also with yeah. our with our traditions we I don't know I, I guess I'm, maybe I'm being a little shady right now but uh, I, I you know I feel like um you know and maybe we're all guilty of this too, but then we talk about being nature-based and then it's kind of like nature, you know, or like convenient nature. Mm. I feel like the way you start the book really kind of says nature, you know what I mean? Right, Uh, right. And it just kind of really draws that line between like, this is what we're talking about. We're not talking about convenient nature. Um, We're not talking about, oh, nature's there to feed you and that's it, you know? We're talking about like nature's there to like fucking kill you if you don't get your shit together also, you know what I mean?
3: You know, um, um, well, I appreciated it. Yeah, I I appreciate you saying that because I enjoy science. I enjoy I enjoy documentaries and stuff like that. Shocking, I know. Um, <laughs> I think it's cool, but yeah, the thing about the frightening side of nature—nature nature is scary, you know. Oh yeah. Um, I actually took my circle to a forest preserve just recently, and and it was some uh, newer people, like, they know their stuff. But they were still still kind of new. But anyway, so I took them to a very private, dark forest preserve. There's no cars, no trees, no nature. It was a hike to get there. And the whole time, we're walking. It's pitch black. I'm like, use hey, your flashlights on your phone to so so you don't die because there's a river and a cliff you know and so we're walking it was so cool because i can hear them behind me going what's that is that a shadow is that a werewolf vampires and i was just like this is what witchcraft should feel like and so we're in the circle and we're conjuring the spirits and, and and calling the old spirits and they're like i think the horned one's here i'm like yeah how can you tell because I'm scared to death I'm like e- then that's how you know he's here <laughs> and then they're like do it again <laughs> they're like do it again That was awesome and they were so happy and screaming and laughter I was like that is the witchcraft I wanted to present in the book I I wanted to present that not f- fear f- for the sake of being s- scared but the whole primal stuff of I have to do witchcraft to survive. or I have to do witchcraft because if I don't the devil's gonna get me. That's the witchcraft I want to do. You, you know the whole I can hear the wolves in the in, in the background. Um, you see the full Makuna in the ahead. You don't go if people are around or I should say animals are around or not that feeling of you you can just smell the like damp cold earth and just smell the the um the leaves on the ground like the half the witchcraft I want to do and that's what I presented in the book
2: I have such a weird I have such a weird like opposite reaction to a lot of that because I grew (laughs) up I grew up in very, I grew up in very, very rural Texas. Like, I mean, I I grew up out, like, on, I grew up uh, for most of my childhood on the Rockerby Ranch way out in West Texas. Mm -hmm. So, like, 15,000 acres of nothing, you know, nothing anywhere, nowhere around, you know, no street lights. So, like, if it was nighttime and the lights, you know, there was no porch light on, it was black. Black, I know. You know, so dark that you could not see your hand in front of your face unless you looked up and could see the stars. um and i just got so happy
3: when you said that
2: (laughs) you know like i lived i i lived that i lived that for so long i mean even now my parents live on they live on land that's far enough outside of the city that at night you can go out and sit out and look up and see the milky way you know there's Mm -hmm. there's it's there's a little more light pollution than maybe there was out in west texas but you can still see the milky way um so, you know, for me, like, I can go out and, you know, I can be out in the woods and I'm like, this is not, this is like home. This is not spooky to me. I'm like, what is this? However, at night walking through, like, a street or walking, you know, walking through a neighborhood or walking near a cemetery, I'm like, oh, no, uh-uh, Mm-mm. <laughs> no, thank you. Because it's because for me, even now, after I've lived in cities for m- most of my adult life, like it's spiritually an unfamiliar area like the the spirits Mm. of that place don't feel like the comfortable spirits that i encountered when i was growing up you know Mm. they're more of the like grumpy nature spirits who've had their trees chopped down or you know the various amalgamations of spirits that have come about from people living in apartment complexes, mm-hmm. um, or, you know, spirits of dead people, um, cause they're everywhere in cities. Um, oh, not just in cemeteries everywhere. Nope. <laughs> um, you know, I, I've got some friends here who live near a cemetery and also a nursing home. So like, that's a whammy. Their house can be very busy sometimes, but I uh, on on another on another topic specifically about your book. One of the things that I did want to talk about uh, it was one of the things that I really enjoyed about your book was when you were pointing out because you do talk about several different sources of material,
0: mm-hmm.
2: um, both various Native tribes, because. Um, mm-hmm. I actually do appreciate that about reading your books is that you don't talk about native tribes as a monolith. Like they're not all the same tribe, which is right. something that a lot of, which is something that a lot of white people talk about when they talk about native people is native, yeah. um, all native Americans practice right. such and such. It's like, no, actually only one tribe does that. The rest of them look at that tribe and go, what? Um, but you know talking about things talking about into various native tribes and talking about um celtic and norse mm-hmm. sources of mythology one of the things that i really enjoyed was you pointing out um parallel practices
0: yes between
2: yes. them without make without syncretizing them you know or making them like interchangeable because that is kind of a big thing in modern paganism and i think a lot of it stems from our our forefathers in ceremonial magic who are like this thing is like this thing and therefore they're the same thing it's like Agreed. No, like no no they can be similar but they're not the same
3: right 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 so yes like on the chapter about animal um, magic and i would just like i have to draw on my own experience with, with the, the native american with tribes in the Lakota and things like that. And especially when I talk about shape shifting and things because, um, can I give a few different examples of the different tribes about how some of the eagle dances. And the reason, you know, when people see me, they're like, oh, you have blue eyes and brown hair. So that's appropriate appropriation. I'm like, no, I'm part native and I work with the Lakota community and I I work with them I do those things I'm trained by actually several teachers and but the re- reason I wanted well a part of the reason I use the Native American tribes as an example is because man first and foremost they are a living tradition that use these techniques I'm not saying use their techniques i'm not saying that at all what i am saying is um here's an example how shape shifting or animal ma- magic is used here's an example to inspire people to show you hey it exists it's a real thing i didn't just make it up i had one person on my page because i've been doing promos about um shapeshifting and I, I usually, like, cut and paste the first paragraph or two, and it's whatever. I don't even remember what I said. But some random uh, um, um, some random person says, um, why are you telling people lies when you can't actually physically sh- shapeshift? I was like, well, if you read the book, I never say that. I never say that, I never say it. I do say in mythology and stories, they say you can, but I've never seen it. What I do say is that you can do it on a mental level, on an astral level, on an etheric level. And in the, in, the, in a mental level, it's a very simple. Close your eyes and imagine yourself to be a fox and you're a fox, that's mental shape-shifting. And, but anyway, um, So, so the point I hold that for just just to show you here's how different people uh, connect. This is, it is impossible. And here's some of the magic on healing benefits, you know. Um, (laughs) Oh my God. one of my friends who also has a podcast he would just like talk about shape-shifting make sure you talk about shape-shifting on this show he's like do it <laughs> do it and i was just like it's not that big of a deal he's like no there's only a few books that talk about it um and to be honest i don't think it's that hard <laughs> so it is part of my witchcraft tradition and the reasons that we do it is to um, we believe that there's a lot of untapped magical power in your, your mind, your heart, and your spirit, and your body. By by connecting to your animal self, you, you can bring that out. Also, you are in a, a different magical state of mind to communicate with nature, with animal spirits, because if we all have an animal brain. All of us have it. Everyone's have it. That's Science again, um, evolution. We have our reptilian brain, then we have our animal brain, then we have our thinking brain or whatever. Um, I don't like to call it the human brain. Some people will call it the human brain, but dolphins have it. And so I don't, I don't want to discriminate. No, truly, I don't want to discriminate against dolphins. <laughs> don't call them a human. They're, they're better than us. But anyway, <laughs> um, but it's the, this whole idea, the idea that because we have an animal brain, we we can go back and forth into that, that, that type of consciousness. And by doing that with that consciousness, it's, it teaches us how to really communicate with the animal kingdom that way for magic. So I do have a um, method. I'm like a mad scientist. I have a method.
2: I mean, I thought, I thought it was great. I, I, that is the, the discussion of that being, you know, very um, matter of fact about it being like, this is not, you're not like, this is not the craft you're not changing your hair color your eye your eye color like you you're not like physically changing into this animal no i mean if you do great let me know how that works out and like like tell me how to do it (laughs) but you know oh honey you've read too many animorphs books like um come on now (laughs) <laughs> you know, bless, I bless tell, their hearts.
3: I do tell a story in the book how, because you know, shape shifting is part of our magical practice. I was almost hit by a car, and the car slams on his brain aches, and I didn't know what to do. as an adri- it was adrenaline and reflex. So I remember, I just etherically shape shifted. And I remember I lifted myself up by my hands. I did a handstand on his uh, hood of the car, used it to push myself off and landed on my feet. I'm a, my totem is a mountain lion. So I turned into a giant cat. And so I landed on my feet. And the guy, and then I, I went to the guy and I said, "Thea, driver, and I said, are you okay? And he was just like, what the hell did I just watch? And I was like, I got to go. I don't know what happened, but I'm going to leave. And so all of a sudden, I was, it's like, I didn't physically shape shift at all. But because it's had a adrenaline burst and that fear, I was able to like tap into this this like sub subconscious animal uh, brain that said survive. Whatever you do, survive. Um, maybe it wasn't shape shifting. Maybe it wasn't just mm, he's saying I'm a cat and I can do it. I'm gonna land on my feet. But you know what? I don't care. I didn't die. I'm just saying <laughs> it works. Whatever works. As someone who's been
2: hit by a car, whatever works. Um... <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. Yeah, I, like I said, you know, I I just I think that that is the a an ability to have forthright and down to earth discussions with people because we are talking about you know we are talking about mystical woo woo stuff,
3: mm-hmm, but absolutely. like
2: it can be both mystical woo woo and also real.
3: I hope so, or else wait, wait. why the
2: hell am I doing it? Well, I, I'm just, you know, like I I know that I've had discussions with people myself, for example, where people talk about like, oh, you know, you're approaching your spirituality like it's a D and D game, and I'm like, mm, no,
3: oh.
2: I've seen people do that. I know what that looks like, um, you know, but or who are like, oh, magic isn't real. I'm like, mm, okay, sure. Um, I've seen way too many coincidences to believe it's actually just a coincidence, but sure. Um, you know, so it's, it's nice to see somebody strike a nice balance between talking about science in the beginning of the book, about geology and things which can be verified, and then talking about, like, things which are more experiential.
3: Exactly. And exactly. Both
2: of, And both of these things can be equally true. Neither of them disproves the other.
3: Well, part of that is is that one of the the old definitions of a, of a magic it's a science and an art, and I really try to believe that because um, one of the things I was taught many 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 years ago is that from, from when you're doing a ceremony, a working, an invocation, a spell, or whatever, you, you have to keep it journaled or you have to document it. Where is the moon phase? Where is Jupiter? What time of day? How are you feeling? Um, what color candles did you use? Who was with you? Like All these experimental things because it is a science. It's also an art because how many times have you said, hmm, I need to do a working for a job. Huh, I'm going to grab this candle. I'm going to grab this stone and do it Scream at the moon, and there you go. And I was just inspired to do it, you know? So it's an art. I mean, I'm sure people saw me, they're like, oh, Chris screaming at the moon. Yeah, that's not art. (laughs) That's not art at all. That's just him screaming at the moon. You know what? It works.
2: (laughs) It depends. Was 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 I just making loud mouth sounds at the moon or was I, you know, screaming imprecations at the moon and, you know, begging and pleading poetically for it to do something?
3: I guess it depends upon your point of view. If you're a pagan, you're like, rock on, yeah, you, you scream at them if you're anyone else, you're like, what the hell did I just watch? Are you high? True. Can I have some? <laughs> sure, but it's going to take you two or three
2: years of practice, minimum. <laughs> what? I'm in an altered state of consciousness. I didn't say how I got there.
0: Well...
3: <clears throat> <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know uh, chris one of my favorite parts of your book was your chapter when you were talking about aesthetic dance
3: mm, i love it yeah
0: i yeah it very much vibed with me i unfortunately i don't do it as much as i used to but you know dancing on a bonfire to people drumming oh my gosh right and exactly. just losing yourself in it that you know, you, you say you, you call it a healing practice, and yes, it is so.
3: Yes. So I, so, I have to say, I think. So, what I was trying to do originally is i i wanted a a very physical world because we're talking about the spirits of the land i wanted a physical world magical technique because in my other books and in this when i talk about you know shamanic drumming and journeying and it's very much ethereal and it's very much out of your body visualization i wanted something very physical and as you know i have a stutter and so I can remember as a child, and being gay, I mean, is what it is, um, feeling freedom and expression and dancing, because at the time, I mean, my stutter was bad when I was like six, seven, eight, nine years old. So when I didn't have to talk and I could just move and just be free and express myself and, and just do whatever and connect, I was home, you know, and can i do i know it's a stereotype that all gay men can dance i know that's not true but a lot of us what i would love to see is this whole idea of you have to dance pretty or dance sexy or dance this way or dance that way just move just just move just be right, the energy like a um, like how a surfer Writes the ocean, like just go with it. And and to be honest, I was only we're gonna write a couple pages about that because it goes hand in hand with my chapter about shaking and and swaying sailor about the sorcery of sailor. And I was just going to use trance at or, or trance move a dance as an example of that. But then I was just like. Oh, I wrote 20 pages. Okay, chapter four. <laughs> you know, and that's how that came to be. And I remember I was talking to, not my current publisher, um, a different publisher, and they're like, well, we like your book, but you have to take out the trance and dance. And I said, over my dead body. I said, no, because that is the foundation of all the spiritual magic. Because when you learn how to do do like journeying or magic or spells, but just a, a, a dancing. Um, that's the bread and that's the bread and, uh, and butter of the conjurations f- for the other chapters. Um, and plus, a little like uh, personal selfish thing. When I first was reading Raymond Buckland's um, book of witchcraft, whatever. And, and also Amber Kaye's, Amber Kaye's True Magic. I remember that book too. Um, says, they said, here's how you phrase energy. You could a chant. And I said, okay, I can't chant spells. I don't know what I'm doing. And then like, oh, but you can drum. And I'm like, I don't have a drum. I'm in, I was in Texas at 16. Like I'm 16 years old in the country. Where am I going to get a drum? Or you can dance. I'm like, oh, I can do that. Oh, I can do that. I have that. I have legs, and so um, I, I, I just felt like um, it was a f- first. Was one of the very first magical practices I incorporated because I didn't have to talk. I didn't have to drum. I mean, I drummed the owl, obviously, but um, at the time it was just like you can dance, and I was like, I can dance. This this gay witch is gonna dance his ass off, and so I had to put that in the book, you know. And so it's, a <laughs> I'm sure people are going to hear this. I'm like, what is r- r- wrong with him? Really? <laughs> um, oh, I had another point too. Um, one of the things, and and um, I want to briefly talk about differently abled people, about dancing. And I have a few uh, Facebook friends who are differently abled. However, um, I think that you can still uh, n- uh, dance without being being able to to use your legs you, you know and I think there's all types of things and if people have questions about that I'm very happy to have people um, um email me or message me about it because um my uh, nephew is special needs and my partners in the East is, is also special needs. So um, differently able people have a stutter. So differently abled people is something that's uh, extremely close to my heart. And if any anyone says, Chris, I want to talk to fairies or I want to do trance dance or I want to do whatever, so I can help you adjust the technique to a fit your needs so i did want to to express that and let the world know that i even though the book yes it's written with able people in, in mind i can adjust or if you want to take it upon yourself and just adjust it please any technique that i present if you want to change it to where it fits your needs please make it fit your needs you know i, chris, I, I love that through. chris thank you
1: yeah Absolutely. <laughs> and honestly i'm just going to prompt you now chris can you like speak to us a little bit about like your work around um adjusting these techniques right and like working mm-hmm. with different folks uh to achieve that trans
3: state through body movement so there's a different things that you, you can do the first thing is through the breath if you've wanted to trans, like. Um, one of, uh, There's a few uh, breathing techniques, I think I talk about in the book. Um, uh, uh, there's the uh, very quick inhale that looks like this. <laughs> and then there's the sob breath, we call it the sob breath because it it's, um, looks like this. <laughs> and then there's a long breath when you put all that together it looks like this <laughs> and it brings you into a trance i'm already getting there myself i'm like oh my god um the other thing you can do it it depends how how differently able to you you are if if you're able to move from your waist up there's obviously different body things that you can do and different movements and and you can bounce because i am a firm believer a very powerful trance technique is just to bounce just to bounce and you don't have to use your legs to do it you can also use your head um there's also visual things you can do i really don't talk a lot about that in the book but there's a um strobe lights you can do um you can also do um a different uh uh, for different colored lights at different speeds um there used to be these swirly light balls that if you wouldn't move them around it would put you into a deep trance it was cool but um so obviously trance is one of my favorite things in the world (laughs) um there's also audio trances of course, And that's as simple when a drumming is an audio trance or or music of any type, so it can be new age uh, for dance, country and western, it could be jazz can all put you into a trance, you know. Um, but there's all types of things that we can do for people as they need, you know, because um, if nothing else, if nothing else, you, you can do a visualization, you know. And the visualization can be you visualizing yourself with uh, dancing, or you can visualize in different colors and, and different shapes in different things like that. So, so there's all types of things to do. I'm watching you, like, you're like, okay, I'm hearing you. I'm in that trance now. <laughs> I'm doing it. <laughs>
1: I think I share uh, uh, your, your section on ecstatic dance. I'm so glad you didn't listen to your editor and take it out because um, uh, these guys know that dance is like a major part of my own spiritual journey. And in many. I feel like in many ways it saved my life many times, you know, whether it's the journey of like coming out, um, finding community, you know, or even just um, finding beauty within myself, right? And just acknowledging that beauty in my body. Um, yeah. So thank you so much. I'm glad, it's, I'm glad it's in. I'm glad that we're talking about like how, um, and acknowledging that, um, you know, the conversation can be ableist, right? And then yeah. Um, yeah. finding ways to connect it to the rest of the community as well.
3: So that's awesome. Absolutely. Thank you. Um, you know, one of the things, I, I had this conversation with an older gay, gay man, long time ago. He was saying when he was out in the 70s and 80s, You didn't have a community like you have now, you know, it was all very hush-hush and secret. Also, depending upon the city you're in, and he was saying the one safe place for gay men was the dance floor. So, so I've always kept that in mind. How how dancing is such a healing thing. It's a community thing. It's a bonding thing. So and I also I also think about gay men at the witches' sabbath, just like enjoying the magic and the camaraderie and the community. And just like it can be sexual, and that's okay if it's if you're consenting and they're consenting and it's sexual, that's great. However, it doesn't have to. It can just be two people dancing and sharing the energy together, which I think is amazing.
1: Or three people. <laughs>
3: or three people, or 20. Hey, Before. I've been on dance floors so it was just like, it was all so clustered and we're like just kind of swaying together, shirtless, sweaty, I'm like, this is awesome. <laughs> uh, oh, that sounds like my 20s. <laughs> <laughs> oh, honey! It sounds like three weeks ago for me. I'm just, I'm just kidding. What? We have COVID. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. I, I, don't want anyone, I don't want anyone saying he's not social distancing. Hmm. I have what, been. I, I have. I promise.
2: What matters is less. What matters is less how you get there, and more that you get there. Mm.
3: That is true. Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh.
2: In my in my professional opinion, anyway.
0: Uh, did uh, Chase or Chris, did you have anything else you wanted to talk to uh, Chris about? Yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe as like, uh, not a wrap up, but maybe as a, a coming, like, like maybe not, I don't know, whatever you want to call it. But <laughs> I'm wondering like, like, why, what do you think? I mean, aside from the, like, you know, you spoke about the reasons for this book, right? But do you, what does this look mean to the community like now? as like what we're facing and um, like do you see anything specific around like what are we what are you what what is like
3: like where the fuck is this book taking us you know what i mean <laughs> i keep asking yeah. myself the same question um, <laughs> no, yeah. um at its core i think the book is about healing i think the book is about uh creating relationships with the nature spirits of mother earth and I am of I am a firm believer that the reason why we're having all these disasters happen is because um, Mother Earth is like saying, "Ooh, mosquito! Ooh, that! Ooh, let's get that away!" And it's her immune system that's why we're having the tornadoes and the fires and the hurricanes and the COVID. I don't think she's. I don't think sh- she's saying, "Ah, I want to kill people." I th- I think she's saying, "I'm sick." And I need to heal, and my immune system is trying to heal. And so I think this book, it teaches you how to heal yourself through like the trance, dance things like that, how to work with the fairies and the elves and, and how to have a healing in, in that relationship. I talk about he, um, healing the earth itself and, and stuff like that. Also, having a healing relationship for the animal spirits, And the plant spirits, because um, we have harmed, we have harmed a lot. And myself included, I have, you know, not recycled. I probably have a bigger footprint than I should. And so I think when we have a relationship with these spirits, we can't help but to try to do better and heal the earth. You know, it's more than just recycle. It is, it's more than that. It, it goes deeper than that. And I think that the book arrived at a time, I didn't plan it, it just isn't what it is. But I think the earth and needs some triage. You know, it needs some help. And I'm hoping that, I want people to have a, good, a great time with the book. I want you to experiment, have some fun. But but at the end of the day, I I would like everyone to have a relationship with all these spirits so that we can be a part of the ecosystem and cannot be in charge of the ecosystem. Because every time we think we're in charge, what happens? Oh, a hurricane, a tornado, a forest fire, you know? Mm. So that's what I hope it means, at least.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, If anyone has any questions about the book um, or, you know, they just want to talk to you, uh, Chris, how, what's
3: the best way for them to do that? So I check uh, uh, Facebook a lot. <laughs> I use it for everything. So uh, Chris Allen, last name is spelled A-L-L-A-U-N. Um, author, teacher, healer. And if you just... Uh, put that in your search. I should, I should, I should pop up and just um, email Mickey and message Mickey. And I, I try to um, answer as um, fast as I can. However, I'm not sure about you guys. Have you been getting a whole lot of, Hey, be my magical friend. Okay. Hey, you're hot. I'm like, okay, I have a partner. That's weird. i'm just doing it out there don't do that
2: <laughs> i haven't but you know i have heard a lot of people who are authors lately have been getting a lot of that so like yeah yeah please don't do that that's
3: well, it's, it's weird because if that's the first thing you say, I'm like, mm, if you say, if, if we have a whole conversation and I have a partner, I'm just saying that to people now, but if we have a whole conversation and someone says, hey, I think you're attractive. Oh, thank you so much. And, and then they say, oh, I think you're hot. It's less strange. <laughs> if it's the very first thing you say, you're like, mm. Yeah, it's weird.
1: People,
2: this is not Grinder.
3: Well,
1: <laughs> even on Grinder, it's not the best way to start a conversation. I mean, let's be real.
3: <laughs> I fine okay, okay, on an on app or whatever. I mean, it is. <laughs> yeah. what it is but it's kind of like. Right.
1: Yeah, I'm not trying to like you know, um, you know, make this into Sunday school on
3: on the app, but
1: at the same time, you know.
3: <laughs> <laughs> That's our PSA. <laughs> Please don't be. Too, too aggressive on uh, yes. don't be creepy <laughs> agreed I was going to say don't be strange but I think we've already crossed that bridge yeah, <laughs> yeah be strange <laughs> don't we're be all crazy. pretty strange here yeah. <laughs> that's all done <laughs> agreed. agreed
0: well uh, so I think this is a good you know point of closing the show um, you know Thank you, Chris, for joining us. It was Thank you. so much fun. Oh and
3: God, you guys are great.
0: I will hopefully... I don't actually think I'm going to have to edit too much. <laughs> so, yay, yes. And I was actually thinking, while we were talk, wrapping up, I was like, you know, we do have a, a, a path YouTube account that I created for... Uh, you do have one. Yeah, we, we do have one. It has a video from... Uh, when we were going to do Stone and Stang earlier this year, it has a video of the site we were going to use, and that was the only way. I, that was the only way I could think of to like. I'm so video sad about something. that. Yeah. I had oh. to
3: do that so bad. I've been looking forward to Stone and, and Stang for like because e- well, you only have it every other year, right? Yeah. And I have had my eye on this for like four years, and I'm just like, dang
0: it! I know, but. Uh, <laughs> We are we are, we are, are going to be working on trying to get a virtual event up and running. Uh, the committee, we, we formed a committee, we just have to meet and you know talk about stuff. And uh, hopefully beginning of next year, we'll have something like worked out where we'll have a virtual event. Uh, it won't be replacing Stone and Stang, but it will be working with Stone and Stang. I
3: love it. If you need a presenter, I'm happy to help.
0: <laughs> we'll keep you in mind, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But yeah, so yeah, we are coming to a close of our show and we would like to thank everyone who is listening right now. Hopefully I will have this out very soon. I work retail, so I'm hoping tomorrow. (laughs) Thank you for continuing to walk this path with us. Uh, Please leave a rating or a comment and let us know how you like this episode, um, how you like the show in general. And if you'd like to get in touch with uh, myself, Chase, uh, Chris Ripple, uh, you can email us at walkingtheunnamedpath at gmail.com, where you can hit us up on Twitter. I am trying to be more active on Twitter. I sometimes forget I have an account for us there. Uh, but it's at walking underscore the UP. And of course, you can always find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash walking the unnamed path. Uh, again, it, it was such fun seeing all of y'all and to do it again soon. And uh, blessings, and see you next time. Say bye, guys.
3: Hey guys. Bye, bye. bye. All right.
0: yeah. <laughs>